Welcome to today's broadcast of Kingdom Authority with your host, Reverend Dancia Jones-Morris. Tune in each Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via Blog Talk Radio through Kingdom Empowerment Incorporated. Follow Dancia on Facebook at Dancia Jones-Morris or DanciaJ.com. You can also call your hosts and guests at area code 646-668-2413. Thank you for joining Kingdom Authority. And now here's your host, Reverend Dancia Jones-Morris. Kingdom Authority. Welcome to Kingdom Authority. I am your host, Reverend Dancia Jones-Morris. I am so happy to be with you on tonight. It is the day that the Lord has made, and I'm telling you, I am rejoicing, and I'm going to be glad in it. Thank you so much for joining Kingdom Authority this wonderful Sunday night. I hope you had a great time fellowshipping with the saints wherever you were and just making sure to give God the praise. I tell you, he is worthy to be praised. He is our God. He's our rock. This is your opportunity to learn and to share, to take authority in your territory. On tonight, we are going to go in. We're going to talk about dying so that we can live. And we want to make sure that we have the right tools, the know-how to do what God needs us to do in order to live. Shall we go to the throne of grace? Father, we thank you. We absolutely do praise you and we magnify you. It is our desire to thank you and praise you in all things. And so on this wonderful evening, we say thank you, Lord, for everything. We want to acknowledge that you are our God. You are our strength. You are our redeemer. You are our help. You are our shelter. You are our way maker. You are definitely our strong tower. You are promise keeper. Thank you for being the light, Father. Thank you for being our all. You are definitely wonderful. Mm -hmm. You're definitely magnificent. And, Father, on this night, we bless you. We praise you for being who you are. Now, God, there are some things that we know we have to do. There's some things that we know we have to kill um, in within us spiritually, Father, and the things that keep us, Lord, from coming into our purpose and destiny in you. Right now, I pray for each and every listener on tonight, Father, that they will be able to see you for who you are, and then, God, you will show them themselves, Father. And as a result, Father, we'll know who we are, what we are, but what we have to get rid of in order to go into what you are taking us into. Father, in the name of Jesus, we glorify you for your very presence. We thank you, O oh God, that you are our rock and our shield. You are our protector. Hallelujah. And God, you're the one that cleanses us. You're the one that you're the one that makes us white as snow, Father. You create in us the clean heart and the renew the right spirit within us. Oh God, you uphold us with your right hand. Thank you for who you are on this evening, Father. Thank you that you give us your word so that we can go forth and take authority 
We can use your word, Father, to help us to stay on track, and not only that, God, but to get to where we need to be at. So thank you, O God, for your word on tonight that washes, that cleanses, that purifies, that shows us, God. It reflects who you are so that we can be, God, who you've called us to be. Thank you for your word on this evening. Oh, God, your word cuts asunder the things that don't need to be, Father, from the things you need to utilize in order for us to build up your kingdom. Thank you, oh, God, that we are part of the kingdom of God. We've counted a blessing. It is indeed a privilege, God, to be a part of your the body of Christ, your body. Thank you, oh, God, for Jesus Christ, our Son, and thank you for the Holy Spirit that dwells, that keeps us, oh, God. It is the Holy Spirit. Spirit that allows us to walk upright daily, God, and we do not, we do not, Father, take advantage of this. Help us not to take advantage of it, but we, Lord, we uphold in high, high esteem that you are our God. Oh, hallelujah, and we bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. What a wonderful day it is on today. Um, was able to share some things on today in regards to this particular message. And I am just ecstatic about going forth and doing some more with this on tonight. I pray that God will um, utilize this message for you and you and you. I I don't have a quote on tonight, but I will tell you this. If we are going to live, we have got to die. We've got to put away the old stuff and make sure we have the new order. So let's go ahead and go tonight, Galatians, the third chapter, the 11th to the 12th verse, some things I want to add. So some of you that heard um, heard this word this morning, there's a different word coming forth on tonight, or I should say this is the extended version. So listen, on tonight, Galatians 3, 11 through 12, Want to make sure you get there, and we're going to read several different things, but I um, specifically want to make sure that you hear um, the word of the Lord when it comes to what you have to kill off and to let go. And we're going to be reading from the New King James Version. I hope you will turn there with me, the New King James Version, and that's going to be in Chapter 3. I'm going to be skipping quite a bit and going into different things because I want to make sure that we have that we have what we need from this word on tonight. And I, I just don't want us to take it lightly of what we have to do. What we have to realize is that there's some things we have to know. There's knowledge that we need, but there's also action that needs to come after we have the knowledge. Many people take action without the knowledge, and guess what? Normally make a mess of it because they don't have the know-how. They don't have the background in order to do what's needed to be done. And then there are those that hoard knowledge. They gather all this stuff and don't have any substance to, and no, no, they can't actually, they can't execute the substance and they don't execute the substance, the knowledge that God has given or the knowledge that they have acquired. And so we, on tonight, want to make sure to drive the point home tonight that there's knowledge 
and action, and the two must go together. The Bible says that faith without what? Works is dead. And so if you have faith and you don't have works, it's dead. If you have works and you don't have faith, it's dead. There is no way to get around it, people of God. We have got to and take our own place and space in what God has intended for us to do in our destiny in order to make this work through faith with our works. So Galatians, the third chapter, the 11th verse, let's start there in the New King James Version, that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. I want to start off with a little background about Paul. Paul is such a wonderful man. He didn't start off all that great when he was Saul, and he was killing the Jews, and he was killing the people of God and those who professed Christ. But he knew one thing. He knew that they had something going on. (laughs) He just didn't like it. But when he had the conversion on the road to Damascus, listen, he then became an, an advocate for God in such a profound way that he developed the authority and the power and the clarity and the confidence to speak to the people in such a way it caused them to stand to attention. They became erect whenever Paul spoke because when Paul spoke, mostly through letters, what we have, when he spoke, they needed to listen because they knew he knew what he was talking about or either they were scared of him. Either way, Paul has some authority. And so I want you to see, in starting the first verse, Paul is clear and confident in his writing to the church of Galatia. He has such a rapport with them that he has the right and he has the authority to call them, listen to this, foolish. You don't believe me? Go to the verse the first verse of this passage, and it says, oh, foolish Galatians. He didn't just say, oh, foolish people. He called them out by their names, their group, their identity, what they identified with. And he said, you're not just Galatians, but you're foolish Galatians. He's talking to the church of Galatia. So he says to them, um, I'm you're lacking and you're unwise. He says, you're foolish. You're foolish. You're only as good as you think you are. And when a foolish person, that this, is, this happens when that can be a learned behavior and that creates bondage. Learned behaviors, foolish learned behaviors create bondage. Now, I don't know about you, but I am and I, I said to the people today, I am, when you call me out of my character and name and what I identify with, I'm trying to figure out what are you talking about? Why are you saying this? So you really have my attention because I'm going to know 
how in the world can you sit up here and call me something that I know I'm not? After all, you did teach me that I am the chosen. I am the royal priesthood, the child of God, and now you want to tell me that I'm foolish? So Paul opens up and he gets their attention of the Galatians by tugging on their emotional strings. Nothing like an emotional person, because if you know anything about an emotional person, all you got to do is say something that causes their emotions to rise and you have their attention. And so it wasn't so bad that he called them foolish, but then Paul asked the question, who has bewitched you? What and whose influence are you under? Who has control of you? Who turned you from your first belief? What is influencing you to act like something that I told you you weren't and you know you're not? So listen, influence, hear this, influence is power. And if you have the wrong power, and the wrong power will produce the wrong results. What is that? What does that mean? If you're under the wrong power, then you can best believe your actions will cause something to happen to produce something that is wrong, that is not in your best favor. I can't think of the word there. That's not for your best. It's not to help you. It's not to build up. It's normally to tear down or assume to destroy. And so Paul wanted to know, whose influence are you under? This is is how Paul, how bold Paul is. He confronts the people to say, whose side are you really on? And so you go into the next 10 verses, and and Paul is trying to, and and some of the, the latter part of chapter two, of, of, of Galatians, Galatians, the second chapter, and he says, I already taught you about Jesus in whom to believe, and you said that you believe, but now you seem to have forgotten what you were taught, talking to the church of Galatia. He says, I, I, I taught you about Jesus and in whom to believe, and you said that you believe. You convinced me. I now know that you believe. I've left you, but now you seem to have forgotten what you were taught. Let's talk about that. Paul is saying, I know I taught you that you can't depend on yourself for salvation because what the people were doing, they went back to the work of the law, what the Romans did and what they did in the Old Testament. They went back and decided that they didn't really need Jesus because they got this because they understood the law. And so Paul wanted them to know, it's not what you do as much as what you believe and you obey. You can't work your own soul salvation. Uh, you, if you could, Jesus Christ would have never had to die so that you could live. That's what he came for. He came to die so that we could live. His, 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 um, his, what he wanted to accomplish, and he did, is for you to know that you're not saved by your work but you're saved by grace. And I want you to know, for me, if it wasn't for the grace of the Lord, I would have been consumed. I am not worthy. None of us are worthy. None of us have it right. Because sometimes we get it wrong. Sometimes we fall out, fall down. 
and we have to get back up. So it's not so much the things we do, but it's what we believe that God can do and that he will do through Jesus Christ, our Savior. I'm telling you, I'm not worthy, but I am his. That's what you got to tell yourself. I'm not worthy, but I am his. And because I am his, that makes me worthy. So Paul then goes on to say, let's get back to this. Don't you know about Abraham? He's the father of faith. He believed God so much that even God, listen, that even God says, Abraham, you're righteous. God said this, the righteous one himself, the one that is righteous, developed righteous, and hands out righteousness. Abraham, a man, walking the earth, even lied about his wife, didn't do, didn't feel, didn't do everything right. He called him righteous. Why? It wasn't necessarily because Abraham was being kind to people. You know how we look at things. Oh, they're so great. They're so kind to people. They take care of people. They take care of the elderly. They go feed the, the hungry. They go out with the homeless and give them stuff. And they do this and they do that. And they, and they help the, the sick. They help the poor. They do all these wonderful things. Ah, nah, it wasn't about just that. That's really just a byproduct of what's really inside of us. It's a byproduct. It's not the product. The product is Jesus Christ saved us. And Abraham demonstrated beyond the common works. The common works doesn't save. (laughs) Oh, yes. The common works is not what saved us. And the work of the law was common. It was meant to do good, but somehow it didn't work out. So, and so Abraham um, um, God called Abraham righteous because Abraham dared to believe and obey God. So Paul is imparting this upon the Galatians. He wants them to know that if you have faith, then you are the children of Abraham. If, if you have faith, you're the children of Abraham. If you believe, you are the children of Abraham. And Abraham's children were blessed because of the righteousness that flowed through Abraham because of his faith in God. You can't get this righteousness if you don't have the faith in God. Oh, no, no. As my husband says, oh, nay, nay. You can't have it if you don't believe it. Uh Uh-uh. Don't think that just everybody going to have this righteousness because it only comes one way through Jesus Christ our Lord and your belief and obedience to him. You do know that you are considered in the list of the blessed of children, right? You do know your name is on that list of blessed children when you believe. And so if Abraham's children are blessed and, 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 and it's because of his righteousness, don't you know it when we, and his faith in God, don't you know when we believe that's when we are blessed as well? Let's not, because God does some amazing things to help us be in the right place so that we can get what God needs for us to get. Let me, let me just move on because I have a lot to share and I want to get through in the next 20 minutes here. It's not just because Abraham believed, but righteousness is for those who also believe and rely on the faith in God. Righteous becomes your character, and that guides your movement. Hear me. Righteousness becomes your character, and so sometimes, We don't want to spend time developing our character. We want to just hit it and quit it. 
Uh-huh. Okay. Hit it and quit it and think we've got it, but character takes time. And as character builds up, it guides how you move, when you move, and what and, and with what you move in. It guides your movement. And because we believe and have faith in God, we are blessed. It's simple. We are blessed because we believe and have faith and obey. Here's the catcher. A lot of us obey, but we want to know everything about what's going on to the point that we don't do what God says to do, and we don't go in the timing of God. And as a result, we only get partial blessing. I'm talking my life. And so when we have to know everything, God causes us. His spirit is in us. When his spirit is in us, he tells us what to do. We receive that. We believe God, and then we move. Simple. But some of us have to know everything about what God is doing, and then you miss what God is really doing. <laughs> but this gets back to Paul. But here's a disclaimer that Paul set before the Galatians. He said, those who rely on the works of the law or who trust that they can work their way into salvation, those are the ones who are cursed. A curse, listen, oh, my goodness, I hear you, Lord. A curse is something that keeps you from getting to your destiny and fulfilling your purpose your divine purpose, not permitted, your divine purpose. And so many of us have been walking curses. Woo, my goodness. Many of us are walking curses because we don't move when God says move. So what if we mess up? That's what I'm learning. So what if we mess up? If we're moving because we feel and we think and we pray and we feel that God is the one telling us, God's going to cover us because he's the one, as my brother told me this morning, I believe it was this afternoon, he's the one that began the work. And if he began the work and I'm working my soul salvation out, out and with fear and trembling and trusting him, then guess what? If I mess up, because I'm trying to obey God, he's going to cover me. Now, we have to know the voice of the Lord. We have to know the voice of the Lord. But when we don't move and are obedient to God, in the timing of God, the Bible says curse, 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 walking curses. Oh, my goodness. Paul wanted them to know the works alone could not save nor keep them. But the works were to draw them to the source of their salvation. So he tells them, you have to die to the works of the law. Just tells them, I know what your ancestors did. I know what you were taught before. I know this is a new system. This is new teaching, but you don't have to die to the works of the law. Not, that's not going to work anymore. You got to die so you can live. You, you, you can't do the same thing and live a new thing. You can't do the old thing and live a new thing. You can't walk old <laughs> and old shoes and, and, and decide you're going to go into new territories because sometimes those old shoes weren't made for new territories. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, God. And so you have to strip off. Let, let me get into this lesson. So, so, so how do we live? How do we live? We got to live. We got to live. We live by knowledge and we live by action. So the first thing is knowledge. Know this, in this particular passage, you have to know that dead things can't support the living. When someone or something 
dies, it no longer has the right nor capacity to support your current existence. It's dead. It's no longer it's no longer what you need to sustain you in this new order, this new system, in this new walk, your current existence. Only what exists and has life can support the living. For instance, if the blood has no life and no longer flowing, it ceases to support your body. The same is in the spiritual realm. You cannot support something that's spiritual with something that's natural. You, you can't, you, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't function the way it needs to function because it doesn't have the capacity, nor does it have the right to allow it to function because it doesn't have what it needs to function. Nothing spiritual, nothing natural will allow you to function spiritually. It, you have to deal with spirit against spirit. Hear me on this. And so when you're going into the new order, you have to have the spirit of God working in you. If you want to fulfill the purpose and destiny and operate in your spiritual gifts. And that's why we have to watch our surroundings. We have to watch the things that are circulating around us that influences us. And we have to watch the things that we are saying support us. There's, Paul wanted us to operate on a new system was trying to do. So the old system was the works of the law. But Paul was teaching them about the new. He said, I want, I want you to know what you knew wasn't bad. The old system wasn't bad. The works of the law weren't bad. They were, had a good intention. They had the right intention because God gave it to Moses. It just meant that the old system wasn't as effective as the new order. Why? Because the people had corrupted the old system, saying a new order. Listen to me. Whenever, the, God, the Lord gave me this this morning, whenever a virus is injected into an operating system, that old operating system can no longer support what you have to do in the new, in the new day, in the new order, in the new document, in the new files. Why? Because it's corrupted. So you have to uninstall and reinstall. Reinstall a new operating system so that it can function. Or maybe there's not a virus, but there's been some changes that happened, and so we needed an upgrade. And so if you're going to, if you need an upgrade to operate the new software and new programs, you're going to need a new operating system that will support those programs. You can no longer use the old stuff for the new order. When Jesus Christ came, he lived and he died. It established a new order. As a result, the corrupt system could no longer work in the new and living order. Do y'all hear me? on that? Whew, that's so good to me. What died out the old, the, the, the laws, the work of the laws, didn't have the capacity to maintain the living things, the new order. That's why some things we just have to let it die. I said this morning, let it die, let it die, let it die, because it doesn't have the existence, the capacity, the oomph to keep the new alive. Its operation is gone. It's dead. It, there's no life. 
It's not flowing the way it needs to flow for this particular new order. That's why we certain businesses that go out of business because they fail to do the thing that, that will support the change in the new world. And that's why some congregations die out because there's some, there's some new people there, but the old systems, they're trying to keep them alive, and they're not working for the new. You can't always listen. God is a moving God, and when he moves, we have to move with him. We can't stay in the old way. How would you like it? How would you like to still having buggies and carriages and horses and trying to get across the country right now? It would take you forever if you made it in this new heat. <laughs> This is a global warming time. You can't do certain things. If you go ahead and get your little uh what you call it, little bowl of ice and draw a fan and see how that works for you. Three hundred and sixty five days. Well, we don't need it that much, but a hundred let's say a hundred and eighty days and year after year after year being in, in Arizona and being in the south. See how it works for you. But God allows us to have a new order. Now, I'm not saying that everything old is corrupted. I'm not saying that. But we have to walk into the lifeline of the old, which causes it to become tainted and non-operational. So with this knowledge, we have to let some things go and our old thinking. And how do we ensure that we no longer operate in those dead things so that we can live? How do we do that? We have to disconnect the plug ourselves. Sometimes we have to take the initiative to take the plug out ourselves. We can't stay connected to it. We have to take the initiative to let it go. The hardest thing to do is to let something that had been great for you for a time to let it go. But there's the, the, what, and what I've found out is a lot of times it's the something that's in you. And so when you get something new, let's, let me say this this way. When you know you have to let something go, you have to fill it with something else. If you want to operate and let the, the sins go, let your old thoughts go, your old ways go, the, the stuff that's deep down inside of you that God is showing you, you have to fill it with something else. The first thing I would say is to fill it with the word of God, and I mean pray and ask God to have his spirit overwhelm you in that area. Start there first. Last year I had to go through something. I went through something, and the Lord showed me a part of myself, and I still am yet learning who I am. But when he showed me me and that the things that were happening around me weren't just happening um, but they were happening partially because of who I am or was, and I wasn't letting it go. And so when I began to let it go, there was a void. But what I, I, I allowed God to do is to fill that void, not with people's talk, but with his talk. And when you pray and ask God the thing he wants us to do, he loves it when we ask him, Lord, fill my cup to an overflow. He loves it when we say, oh, God, I need you. Oh, how I need you. Every hour I need you. Would you bless me now, my Savior? I really do come. It's me. It's me, oh, Lord. 
standing in the need of prayer. It's not my mother, my father, not my brother, not my sister. It's not the preacher, not the deacon, but it's me, oh Lord. I need you to fill me again. And when we ask God to fill us each and every time, God does what we ask him to do because he knows that we need him in order to survive. Oh, my God, I know we have a song that says, I need you, you need me, I need you to survive, and that has its place. But if we don't have God to feel the dead things, get rid of the dead things, first of all, we ain't going to just feel it. We're going to get rid of the dead things and be bold enough to do that, disconnect the plug ourselves, unplug, leave it, don't worry about it. Don't think about it. Leave it alone. It shouldn't even be a thought in your mind. And press. The Bible says, um, Paul says, I believe it is, I, I press, <laughs> forgetting those things which are behind me. Oh, my goodness. Leaving those things which are behind me. I press for the mark of the price of the high call in God and, and God through Christ Jesus. Let me tell you something. When you begin to press, Woo, my goodness, when you begin to press toward the mark, the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, you then realize the stuff in the past don't even really make a difference anymore. It don't bother you. You don't think about it as often. Oh, sometimes a memory may come back and say, oh, okay, whatever. Let's And then keep pressing, honey. Don't let it, don't let it, don't let it trip you up. Don't get tripped up. Don't get stumped on it. But you got to have enough heart. You got to have enough boldness. You got to have enough faith. You got to have enough tenacity. You got to keep pressing, enough patience sometimes to get through it. So once we know that something is dead, we have to be bold enough to get rid of it. We got to realize it's dead. And then unhook from what you've been hooked on. They got, they had something out called hooked on phonics. Great. But now they got something new. And so what happened to the phonics? I don't even see it on commercial no more. You know why? Because a new system came in. And so now they hooked on, what is it, social media and all these games that teach people. We're trying to stay on something. We're trying to stay hooked up to something that we don't need to be hooked on anymore. We're trying to keep something alive that God is saying, that can no longer support what I am doing in and through you. Let it die. Oh, my goodness. We got to get some heart in this walk and now live because we are righteous. The law is not based on faith. The law will keep you within certain boundaries that faith busts you out of. And if you're not operating by faith, you run the risk of being in bondage. I don't know about you. I no longer want to be in bondage. That's why I can't let everyone speak into me. I can't let, even sometimes family members, I can't let everyone speak into me. I will listen to certain things, but I listen and obey God because, after all, he's the one that created me. He's the one that created you. And even with some things that I may speak, you better listen to the voice of the Lord, and you better make sure it lines up with his word, which is his voice, by the way. And so we can't live in bondage. The law was made for the people to live full and free. However, the law was corrupted because the people got caught up within themselves and say, oh, I got this. I do what I want to do. And so, and so <laughs> there's, a, 
there's a saying now, I do what I want. Well, you keep doing what you want. I can't do that. I'm, I'm, I'm a servant of the Most High God. I am bound to him. I have to stay connected to him. I'm chained to him, and I want to be chained to him because as I'm chained to the Most High God, he frees me. Woo! Woo, 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 on drugs and bound to drugs, they are no longer free. But with Jesus Christ, our Savior, we can live a life of freedom. <laughs> Whoa, my, 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 my. We want to do, we, we want to do what we want to do. That's working in the law. Babies, don't go back to the works of the law. Stay free in Jesus Christ. He did come to fulfill the law, but guess what? It's a new order. And when he did it, he made it permanent, and no man can take it away. Oh, did you hear me? Did you hear me? Did you hear me? I said no man can take it away because what he did was eternal throughout eternity. And when he does it, it's all good, baby. He wants us to break free of our old things. So that's why we have to die to our old thinking, die to our old ways, die sometimes to old relationships, die sometimes to old jobs. We got to die when God says, that's not what I need in you because that's the old thing. We got to walk in knowledge, but then we got to act in faith. We have to walk in knowledge, but we have to act, and we can never get it confused. We are saved. We are not saved by our own works. Don't get that twisted. It's not because you do great things. No. God bless you, but you're going to hell if you don't accept Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not preaching eternal damnation. My, my thing is we have to take this word, and the word of God says if we believe on him, we are saved. Saved from what? Saved from sin. Saved from the snatch of the enemy. Saved from even our own pitiful selves. We are saved. <laughs> That's why it's so important to know who you are and who you're not supposed to be. And who you're not supposed to be is the stuff that's dead. If any man be in Christ, the Bible says we are a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So why in the world do we want to deal with old stuff when we operating in the new. The new order says this. It says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. I can step out on his word. I can bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. The new order says, I can speak to the mountains and shall be moved. The new order says that I have to lay down every weight. Oh, see, we don't want to hear that. Lay down every weight that so easily besets us. I know what besets me, and I tell you, I struggle every day, but I have to lay that thing down because I don't want anything to keep me from fulfilling what God has told me to do, including my own self. So the new order tells us that passed away, it's dead. That's what they passed away. When you know when we say, oh, they passed away, they're no longer living. Okay, let that pass away. Let it go. If you let, if you, if you hang it on to somebody who's passed away, you're not living 
the right thing. I know it takes time to get over that, but the Lord spoke specifically to me. Do you groan? Do you groan over me and cry over me as much as you do him or her? I died. <laughs> I died for you. I came for you. Do you hurt as much over the pain that I went through for you that you do for somebody else? Yeah, listen to me, people of God. I'm not telling you to forget, but they're passed away. They ran their race, kept the faith. Hopefully they kept the faith, ran their course. Now you run your course and move with God. We have to run our course and move with God. My brother used to say, it's just life. Death is just life. What? And so the Lord showed me this about two weeks ago. Death is just life. It's a part of life. You can't die. You can't have life without death. There's no way to do it. Something's going to die in order for you to live. That's why we have to honor those soldiers that go over and fight for our country and lose their life because because they sit, because they went to defend us or they're here to defend us when something comes against us, they may lose their life so that we can live. My God today, my God today, my God today, my God today. And you, we've got to live in the newness. How, how great it is to live in a new order that we can pray and encourage one another, that we can love one another, that we can fellowship with one another, that we, can, we know that God directs our path, that we know that before we can do anything, we can die so that we can live. We know this today, that God is moving. He wants our hands. He wants our eyes. He wants our lips. He wants our mouth. He wants our feet. But we've got to die. What I mean by that is that we have to put off the old for the new. Your thoughts have to be renewed. That's why the Bible says, and be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That, That word is so powerful, new. Renewing. Be ye transformed. Be a new thing. Get in a different path. By the renewing of your mind, starts in the mind. So your thoughts have to change. There's no way you can live this life and still have the same thoughts. Not freely, not in faith. Faith don't work like that. And then for those of us who have faith and not obeying God, what in the world are we doing? I'm talking about me. I ain't talking about you. I'm talking about me right now. What in the world are we doing? So tonight my goal is for, for us to see tomorrow. But for today, there are some things we need to do so that we can live. That's my goal. My goal is to make sure that you see your tomorrow. But right now, there's some things you got to do too. You got you to gotta do some stuff. We got to do some stuff. We got to keep doing some things because we have not yet attained. <laughs> we have not gotten the glory. We are not that glorified body yet. And because we're not that glorified body, there's still something we got to work on. So if you're looking at somebody else saying they need to get something, they need to get that little um, speck out of their eye, you better look at that. I'm going to say this. You better look at that big old branch in yours. I better look at that branch in mine before I talk about somebody else. Because I guarantee you, if if we are talking about someone else, and I have to tell myself daily, 
because I'm just a very critical person. Can I be transparent? I'm a very critical person, and I have high standards, and I want certain things to a fault to my own life. And so as a result of that, I begin to criticize specs. But really, I can't see it good because I got the branch in mind, in mind, blocking the real true vision. And we got to see people how God sees us. Amen, amen. We got to die so that we can live, you know, and then we can really live and say we shall not die. (laughs) That's another story. That's another story. It's not just about your surroundings, but it's about some things that are in you, in me, that we have to see as we believe so that we can have the victory. Oh, my goodness, that just rhymes. Listen, there's some things that we have to do. And believe so that we can have the victory. There's some things we have to do. We got to believe it so we can have the victory. And it's about taking authority in your territory. My goodness, I got these E's on tonight. So let's let's die. I'm going to send this out quite a bit because I need us to be bold. Paul is trying to help us now. He's trying to help us to do the things that are needed. So, God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We bless you and we praise you. We glorify you. God, I'm praying that you will equip us, Lord, to die so that we can live freely. We're not no longer in bondage, no longer in bondage, Father. Forgive us for living in bondage, for not being obedient in the faith, in, in, in you and trusting you. Oh, God, and leaning not to our own understanding. Our own understanding has got us caught up and held us back. We should have been something else when we're, when we're not, Father. Some of us, not all of us. Some of us should have been somewhere else when we're not there. God, forgive me for not doing the things because I got so tripped up with old stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Old ways within myself, old thinking, and how the enemy has, has, has allowed the enemy to keep me from things. No, no, no. Thank you for your word that teaches us what we have to do. And, yes, it hurts. Yes, God, it, it's uncomfortable. And, yes, it's foreign. But, God, help us to believe and trust you, that you know what's best for us. And every time, Lord, we step out and we see your hand moving and see that it's true, help our faith to increase in you to step out again for the next thing and the next level. In Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, for every listener receive this word. I know, God that the devil's mad about this one, but you getting the glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you for the testimonies. I thank you, oh God, for the victories. For these, your people, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, thank you so much tonight. It's a little later than I anticipated, but thank you so much tonight for joining Kingdom Authority. I am your host, Reverend Dancia Jones-Morris. I didn't get any... um, um, I didn't see anything where people wanted to join on tonight, so I'm going to assume you just wanted to listen in and just move along from there. So for tonight, God bless you. I praise God for you. I look for what's to come, and just make sure you hit me up on Facebook at Dancia Jones Morris and let me know how good God is as you step out on faith. I thank you for joining us tonight. Good night, and God bless you.